come. Walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters. They stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know, and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan while we share tales of old, as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. Welcome, lore folks, back inside the caravan. Tonight I have my sister on with me. Ever since we were children, we have been interested in the supernatural and paranormal, having a lot of strange encounters together. In fact, episode two of The Caravan, Intoxicated Time Slipper, was one of those childhood experiences. Tonight, however, we are wanting to share our passions about vampires and werewolves. It's hard for me to remember what exactly sparked my interest in vampires, or what the first vampire movie I saw actually was. Most likely, it was that I read a version of Dracula and took off from there. And since I'm mentioning movies, I would have to say, hands down, that my favorite vampire movie is Interview with a Vampire. What's your favorite movie, sister? Vampires or werewolves? Because let's go with both. <laughs> I I have to agree with you on Interview with a Vampire. That's a, a really good one. Although the old school part of me also likes the original black and white Dracula with Bella Lugosi. Mm-hmm. Werewolves. You know, I really don't have a favorite werewolf movie per se, although I do kind of like Silver Bullet. Mm -hmm. And uh, American Werewolf in London. Right. Those are some great ones. I can't remember the name of the movie, but um, uh, Del Toro... um, he was in it. It was like Wolfman, and and there was um, Anthony Hopkins. Have you seen that one? Yes, yes, I, I did. Really uh, like that one. That was really good. I, I really liked how they played that. Mm-hmm. No, that's for sure. Me too. But I've so always here's... been more interested in the folklore as opposed to Hollywood's take on it. Hmm. Right. So here's my question for you. Since obviously I'm the vampire person and you're the werewolf person, if you had that mm-hmm. opportunity, if somebody came to you and said, for a fact, I have proof that they're real. I have proof that you can be one. Hands down. Would you do it? You know, it really depends on the conditions. I mean, is it a voluntary transformation do I get to choose or Mm -hmm. is it one of those from you know things like the howling where you just turn and you have no control whatsoever if I had a safe place to turn and I could choose when to transform Mm -hmm. I probably would nice but if it was (laughs) completely uncontrollable right I don't think I would take that risk and even though it would be completely controllable, let's say, I would think that that would be pretty painful. Do you st- would you still do it even though there's that crazy bone-cracking transformation? Quite possibly. It. <laughs> I mean, I'd have to weigh the possibilities. But once it starts, there's no one going back. So I've got to <laughs> deal with it one way or the other. That's true. That's true, man. I doesn't. <laughs> I uh, you know, I it's a it's a question that I ask a lot of people and it's amazing to see everybody's answers. So far it really seems like there's an even amount of people that would turn into one or the other and an even amount of people that would 
not give up their human lives and actually want to see what's, um, you know, what's beyond the, uh, the bridge after we pass. Um, but I would have to say for myself, hands down, if somebody came up to me and said, Hey, I can turn you into a vampire and give you eternal life. And I think that I would do it. Um, even if I had to avoid the sun, <laughs> you know, and just had to be out at night, um, I think I would still do it. I mean, I'm always but here out at the, night as it is. Here's the twisted question, though. If okay. it involved killing people, <laughs> if you had to kill people oh, man. and drain their blood. <laughs> I know. I'm saying you're <laughs> turning my sister into oh, a murderer. Man. Well, you know what I mean, though? What it, well, if, my part with a werewolf, I get the excruciating pain. For your part as a vampire, you get to murder people. I, you know. <laughs> well, okay. How about this? I just drain you of your blood a little bit, but I let you live. I just take some of it. You know? How about that? I, I'm sure you can make a, a deal with somebody at a blood bank, right? Yeah. Hey. Ex- there we go, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's so epic. <laughs> I love it. Um, I wonder if Advil will help with uh, a little Tylenol. <laughs> well, hey, you know, I would have that hypnotism trick. So, you know, all the, uh, all oh, hey. the uh, supplies of Advil and... <laughs> morphine if you need it <laughs> and we'll just make it a party yeah. right now, speaking of that when, when you go into more modern pop culture mm-hmm. everything these days seems to be focused around an animosity and a conflict between vampires and werewolves right yes you you see it everywhere it's in movies it's in books but i was doing a little research and i am not convinced that has anything based in lore i'm fully convinced that it is a construct of hollywood Hmm. you know that makes me have another question maybe i should have looked it up i wonder what came first werewolves or vampires because they're both a being that is made from a human coming back from the grave. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it depends on what part of the world you're in as well. Because right. I, in my research, I found evidence where the legends came up concurrently. Mm-hmm. So there really wasn't a before and after. They just both kind of happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, on the same token, I've come across myths and legends where beliefs hold that if a werewolf corpse is not properly destroyed, that it uh, would return as a vampire. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. That's cool because I haven't – that's a new one for me. I haven't heard that one very much. I think the first time that I heard about that was about a month ago. Yeah, so, I haven't heard a whole lot about it, um, and I haven't researched it in depth, but I have seen it pop up in different places, and in some kind of gruesome, where it's actually in the form of wolves, which prowled battlefields, and they would drink the blood of dying soldiers. Wow. You know what? I'm going to go back to that question of the, would you be a vampire or a werewolf? Because if that's the case, all right? If Mm -hmm. you're a werewolf and if your corpse isn't disposed of properly and you come back as a vampire, okay, if you're, if you're just a vampire, then you can be killed with a wooden stake, right? Well, if you're a werewolf and let's say you get shot with a silver bullet and, but your body, you know, let's say the person doesn't know about it or whatever, isn't Mm -hmm. properly disposed of. You're not dead. <laughs> now you get to come back as a vampire. <laughs> so you're even more invincible. Ah. You know what I mean? And so that would actually, that would be the one condition that would make me choose. But I have a counter to that. Oh, okay. 
is that silver, um, the whole being killed by a silver bullet uh-huh. or being killed by silver is a more recent belief, apparently, from what oh, I read. Really? And that, yes, and that actually silver was um, believed to repress the transfer transformation. And oh. potentially if a werewolf was stabbed with a silver dagger, per se, that it would revert the werewolf to human form. Oh. I don't think that's true in all legends, but I did come right. across that in a couple of different places. Nice. Uh, and so one of the theories for that is that it was a mistranslation. Oh. Yes, because um, it was that the whole... Uh, because it's not a feature of folklore necessarily that silver kills the werewolf. That's uh, more belief that popped up in the mid-1700s. And mm-hmm. some researchers believe that the silver weakness comes from the mistranslation of silvered metal, which refers to quicksilver or, more commonly, mercury. Oh, nice. Okay. Huh. So. Ooh. Because a lot of things, once Hollywood gets their teeth into something, so many of the original ideas get lost. Right. And you really have to dig up, you know, some of these other things. But werewolves mm-hmm. don't even have to be wolves. They can be foxes. They can be oh. lions, jaguars. Oh, um, man. I've heard of the, uh, there, it's like a, it's a, a legend over in Africa about a, like a were lion. That's cool. Um, another common one is were tigers. Whereabouts in the world so, for that? Do you know? I think the were tigers are from India. Wow. Wow. So all over the world, there's were beasts. <laughs> yes. That's and cool. there are even some Native American myths, although I really haven't looked into them, that mm-hmm. touch on some of that as well. Um, wow. But I really think that a lot of that starts going into more spiritual things rather than um, were-creature transformations. And I think it just kind of gets lumped in. I could be wrong. Right. Uh, again, not something that I really looked into because most of my research tends to go towards uh, the werewolf proper, if you want to call it that. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just crazy to me um, how these myths and legends are all over the world, whether it's about the were beasts or the vampires and how, how similar it is. Um, I was, I was going to share with you uh, a couple things that I found um, in regards to the lore with vampires I came across an article on live science and I'll just kind of read what, um, what they had. They were talking that um, Slavic traditions that they say that, that vampires are human corpses that have returned from the grave. And mm-hmm. um, that's, and even that is only a few hundred years old, older beliefs on vampires, however, have them in the supernatural, demonic type of entities whom don't take any type of human form at all. And there's actually reason to believe tales of vampires originating from Egyptian folklore being a demon that was summoned. Uh, And tales of such creatures can be found worldwide. In Asia, they are known as the Chongxi, which is an evil spirit that attacks the living and drains them of their life energy. They are, there are also um, blood drinking deities mentioned in the Tibetan book of the dead. And in Greece, there is an entity known as the, I'll probably pronounce it wrong. Kalakinzaro. Uh, <laughs> which spends its time in a different world and only emerges during the 12 nights before Christmas. And here's the really crazy part. 
According to the Greek legend, any child born on one of those nights will actually become one of those vampiric creatures. <laughs> can you believe that? You know, I, I can't believe the myth. In fact, I ran across mentions of children born on December 24th, specifically, really? becoming werewolves. So, I mean, really? how, how messed up are you, are you if you're born on the 24th? Do you become a werewolf or a vampire? Oh, man. You know, <laughs> that's so crazy. I, you know, with, with how much the, the lore, I don't know, correlates or goes hand in hand, I wonder if one was born from the other, if there was a mistranslation really somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, with werewolf origins, you can go back quite a ways to suggestions of tribal shamans basically channeling spirits mm. or being able to um, attune with nature to the point of being able to transform into these animals. Right. And the earliest mention that I could find of werewolves, because um, I had to brush myself up a little bit, but uh, mm. in my little bit of research I did before here to mm-hmm. refresh was um, a possible mention in the epic of Gilgamesh, the Sumerian epic poem, mm-hmm. right? Where uh, Gilgamesh Gilgamesh jilted a potential lover because she turned her previous lover into a wolf. <laughs> nice. So you go back to these. And it makes you wonder, you know, where did they actually originate? But a lot of the ways to become these creatures, both werewolf and vampire, I've noticed, Mm -hmm. overlap. One of the big ones is being the seventh son. And worse yet, if you are the seventh son, or in some cases, seventh child, of a seventh child. Oh, right. Oh, man. And I found instances where they say that if that's the circumstance for you, you'll turn into a werewolf. And then I've likewise seen it for a vampire. Wow. And then you have Hmm. your respective ways that are solely one or the other. You know, getting um, bit by your respective creature is an overlap, right. but it's specific. If I get bit or scratched by a werewolf, I turn into a werewolf. You get you get bit by a vampire, you turn into a vampire. Right. Um, I remember actually when I was a little kid, and it's probably one of the first instances of where my interest in werewolves manifested itself is a grandmother bought me this uh, short little subscription to these uh, books about monsters and things like that. And it had uh, vampires, it had zombies, it had werewolves. Uh, Frankenstein's monster was featured on one of them. Really? Um, Man, that sounds like a cool subscription. (laughs) I had, like, Ranger Rick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it, it was super simplified for kids, but it was amazing. And I was absolutely in love with it. And I remember reading in the booklet for the werewolf specifically, how to become a werewolf. And I vowed when I was, you know, (laughs) me high to a grasshopper here, that when I grew up, I was going to go out and I was going to try these things to try to become a werewolf and see if it would work. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. You know, apparently, you know, I've been interested in becoming a werewolf since the single digit ages. Um, (laughs) And one of those ways was um, drinking water uh, from either a place where a wolf has uh, also drank or a little more specifically water that has settled into a wolf's paw print. Wow. Nice. So that's uh, that's crazy. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so many other ways. Man. I mean, you know, being cursed or conceived even under a new moon or sleeping under oh. a full moon on a Friday. 
How specific is that? <laughs> very. Yeah, I was just gonna say well, that's very specific. Oh my gosh, that's nuts. Um, I'll tell you. I don't know if you know this, <laughs> and I and I think I've mentioned it before on a previous episode. So, and it's a little weird, <laughs> but I was so into vampires when I was a teenager, right? And and like mm-hmm. I was learning about all like there's this whole. I don't know what you call it, like a subculture or whatever, underground culture. I don't know um, where there's these people and they dress the part, you know, and there's these vampire balls and there's these, they're, they do oh, yeah. take it as far. I think they're called sanguinarians where they actually will drink each other's blood, you know, and they say it's all willingly and everything, but and and I actually met some of these people, right? Really cool people, just you know, super oh, wow. into the culture. Yeah. Um, and we we'd chat and everything. Well, man, <laughs> I was actually going to save up my money, right? And purchase dental like dentist made vampire fangs and actually have them oh. implanted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man like permanent vampire teeth i oh. was yeah it was totally a thing for me <laughs> well you know i can't say anything i was all gung-ho to drink you know muddy <laughs> water, water. <laughs> oh my god we're so weird because it, this is something that the listeners need to know too we didn't grow up together okay we live like what four On four and a half of the hours state. apart huh? yeah you lived in uh, um well i live in northeastern oregon and you grew up in northwestern oregon yeah yeah we've got quite the distance so... between us and we would only see each other during the summertime and it, it well, it was every summer from when I was like what about a year old until I was about fourteen. I think actually there was a couple of years before that because I want to say you were about ten, and then we went a couple of years without seeing each other. Oh, and then it was fourteen right. that we saw each. You were fourteen when we saw each other again. I remember that because right. that was about the time where. That's the when the intoxicated time the... slipper came exactly. up. Exactly. Right. right. The the house that I lived in at the time, the creepy place. Um, mm-hmm. And then it was several years after that that we saw each other again. So it's been very intermittent for right. our, you know, being in the same physical space. Right. And it's it's significant for this, too, because... <laughs> It's just so funny that we were both so gung-ho about these things, you know, growing up so far away. But we were both going to become vampires and werewolves. (laughs) And more so, not even the space, but the fact that we grew up with vastly different family dynamics. That's true. For me, our maternal grandmother raised me. Right. Whereas you grew up with your paternal father or paternal family. Right. So the family that raised us wasn't even related. Right. Yeah, that's true. So that makes it even crazier. (laughs) We're just, we're just really that weird. (laughs) Yeah. And and before I forget too, um, because I had, I have a couple more, um, vampire um legends that i wrote down from around the world and one of them's really crazy and i wanted to share them with you um oh yeah the okay the first one was from russia and again i'm probably gonna say this wrong it was called it's either upper or Uper. i'm not really sure um it looks like a human but it has metal teeth and it has Ooh. this insane thirst for blood but it will eat your heart for fun <laughs> okay and then in australia and this one's really weird it says there's the yara mayahu and it's small with this large head but all over its fingers and toes are these like suckers <laughs> and these suckers 
have razor sharp teeth on them and so they'll jump out of these trees and they'll attach themselves to you and then they start sucking your your blood through their fingers oh. and toes <laughs> okay I'm like, whoa that's i've never heard of vampire like that before that's insane and then um the last one is from Czechoslovakia. It says they have the Nelopizi, Nelopazi. I'm not really sure. Again, <laughs> I'm not good at pronouncing things. Um, but it is a it, it is just a walking cadaver, which is said to have the ability to d- destroy an entire village like at once. Wow. Yeah. So those are the uh, the vampires of the world. Oh, I guess I should say here, to get a little bit more realistic with all of this, and I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily one, I'm not doing this podcast or coming to everybody going, hey, this is real and this is not, or you need to believe this or not believe that. I mean, who knows what's really going on? Maybe there are people that can do witchcraft or shamanism or whatever it is and actually transform i don't know but what i do know and what i've had personal experience with is um psychic vampires and yeah those that's scary you know because and there are some people that actually don't realize well i guess a lot of them kind of don't realize what they're doing um but you can it's a psychic vampire is basically anybody that you can walk into a room with this person and you just feel drained on all different levels, physical, mental, emotional. You just, it's like somebody just, you know, sucked the soul right out of you. Um, and then there are, so there are people that are like that, but then there's the entities that are kind of like spirits and ghosts that are, that do that as well. Mm-hmm. So there are yeah, definitely. I've noticed there's a much wider variety of vampires than you ever will find of werewolves. And a lot mm-hmm. of those varieties border on being completely plausible for, you know, one reason or another right a lot of it's much more on a scientific uh level i guess you could call it as opposed to a mythological you know Mm -hmm. form but the word vampire is so easy to use for so many different aspects like you were talking about psychic vampires Mm -hmm. you know you're not going to find psychic werewolves you you're going to find people <laughs> who suffer from mental illnesses that make them believe that they're wolves. <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah, there's, is it, it, it's, what is that disease? Lycanthropy. Lycanthropy. Okay. Yeah. Lycanthropy. Yeah, and that's fact, nuts I, too. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, that goes, that kind of goes over into the uh, medieval uh, mental hospitals and how they would actually treat like Cranthropy. Oh, man. Well, here's a fun um, connection as well is back, way back in um, Nordic, I think it was, legends, they had warriors that would don bear skins and drink a special mm. brew. And they would, in a way, transform. Wear yep, wear bears. <laughs> But from some of that, we actually get the word um, berserker. Are you kidding? Wow. No, these are legitimately, you know, this is back in history. I mean, it's not like a physical transformation necessarily, but they would get this um, outrage going on. Yeah. And they would kind of just have this... I don't know what you want to call it. I guess battle rage is as good as term as yeah, any. I would think so. But, yeah. you know, they were terrifying. 
Wow. Man. You know? So that's completely legitimate forms yet again. Um, You know? So a lot Mm. of it, there are ways for these things to be real without being as fantastical. Yes, fantastical is a much better word. Um, <laughs> as the their mythical counterparts, right? True, you know. You so, know, and a lot of people will say, "Oh, vampires and werewolves don't exist." Well, maybe not in Hollywood terms, right? But if you look at the base idea of it, in some ways, they do. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people yeah. who feel much more connected to animals than they do people. Oh, yeah. And it can be yeah, for various, uh, various reasons, you know. Mm-hmm. A, a child of an abusive home finds, you know, an escape or connection with, say, the family dog or something mm-hmm. as a way of coping. Yeah, right, falls exactly. into a coping mechanism, you mm-hmm. know. Not saying yeah, that that at that point people werewolf, but you know, if you have severe enough tra- trauma uh, to your psyche, mm-hmm. you could very well show some of these attributes. You know, that people associate with you know lycanthropy and werewolves. Right. You know, there was an article and video footage, too. There was a story about a girl that was abandoned in the forest, or she ran away to the forest or something. I'm sure somebody can comment and, and get me straight, but um, she, what it, she was like, or maybe it was a boy, but they lived out in the wild for the so wild. long. It was a child. Yeah. And it was, you know, or she, he acted like a wild animal, you know, and it was like where the jungle is. And so there, they might've had um, attributes of, of the monkeys that were mm-hmm. around, you know? Actually, um, I think what you're talking about is several different stories because that is not I messed it all into a one. singular, more or less. It's not a singular idea. Right. There are several stories, boys, girls, it doesn't matter, who are supposedly raised by these wild animals. It's, uh, I think they refer to it as the forbidden experiment, kind of the nature versus nurture thing. Mm, right. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to do some more research on that. Yeah. There's a whole other world for that and yeah <laughs> yeah definitely much too deep for right um what we're talking about for tonight but <laughs> since we're you know touching on it mm-hmm. real encounters with uh supposed werewolves or vampires right they happen I, I myself, I have absolutely no reason. There, there is no facts. There is no physical evidence for me to back it up mm-hmm. other than just this deep-seated belief. I saw a guy pass by my house window at some weird time of the night. It was a very quiet neighborhood. Um, you remember, same house uh, from oh, the same house. Okay. intoxicated time slipper. Yep, same house. Very quiet neighborhood. You remember? Nobody yep. shows up there that you don't no, know. No, it was absolutely silent. It was just like my house out there mm-hmm. where I grew up. Totally. Mm-hmm. like, And it was weird to have anybody walk by. Exactly. Well, weird time of night. This guy just goes walking past. And there was this inner belief. And I hadn't seen any scary movies or anything that would affect my natural thought process, if you will. Okay. So I wasn't hyped. I didn't hype myself up, but I mm-hmm. took one look at him and I swore up and down in my heart of hearts, he was a vampire. No physical wow. reason. And, and I know a lot of people out there are laughing to themselves that, you know, <laughs> maybe I really was worked up and there's a possibility. Well, but I, I just have this deep rooted belief that for whatever reason, he was a vampire of some sort. Well, I mean, it's, to me, 
it's not too outlandish just because that's a lot less crazy than the intoxicated time slipper. I mean, <laughs> this this dude was so drunk. He was, I swear he was so drunk. And he just like, there's just no way he could appear. Like two young girls that can run, you know. Yeah. And, and make and it we took a shortcut. Right. Took a shortcut and we're across the street. And then all of a sudden this dude is like right behind us. And it's like, seriously, yeah. you couldn't even walk four steps. <laughs> back there you know and so right um it's just the fact that we somehow magically disappeared from a not so great hiding spot exactly there was one time and i didn't think that this man was a a vampire or anything but it goes hand in hand with seeing people and not knowing really what you're experiencing i was on the bus public transportation i wasn't you know god 19, I think. I was having a rough day. And I was sitting on the bus and I was alone. And this man who was kind of, he was up two seats and and across the aisle from me. And he turns around and he hands me this string of beads. And I don't know if I've told this before, um, but I'm just going to tell it again. He hands me a string of beads, six beads in total. Three of them are orange. Three of them are blue, and they're on this orange cord. And, I mean, they're beautiful. And there's this beautiful gold swirled into these beads, you know. And I had um, this um, hemp necklace that I had tied. And he had asked me, oh, did you, you know, make your own necklace? And I said, yes, sir, I did. And um, he's like, well, I want you to have these. I handmade these. And then you can, you know, put them on a necklace. And it was just a small exchange, you know. But there was such this angelic feeling about this man. And just something seemed so different. Even his eyes, just, I mean, this type of blue, you know. And the bus stops after he hands me these beads. And he gets off the bus. You know, I see him go down the aisle. I see him walk down the stairs. And some other people got off as well. And I'm looking out the window. I never saw him got off the bus. Get off the bus. Not one. Like, nothing. And and I, I've tried to replay it in my head going, okay, was it the angle? Maybe there was other people and I didn't see him. Like, trying to rationalize it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I... It's something that's typical. I mean, we did the same thing with our time slipper, dude. Right. We we tried to rationalize it because we're trying to figure out, okay, this weird thing that just happened, there has to be a reasonable explanation. Uh Uh-huh. Well, exactly. You know, and it's, it's so many things like this. See, I don't know. I could say, I want, like... You can you can sit there and say, oh, I believe in ghosts or I believe in the paranormal or whatever. But you can take it that step further and go, you know what? I know. I know. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm at that, at, at the edge of that ledge of saying, you know what? Uh-uh. I know. You know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to really trust myself, though, because it's such a non-mainstream it's not as provable as hey look at that pandas are in china you know this is a known (laughs) fact right and right i mean they were ecological for the longest time well exactly exactly but now now you can flesh and blood feel them and see them and all this stuff and you can't do that yet with a lot of this paranormal things and but we're talking, I've had so many experiences since I was so little, and they continue to happen up to today, you know, and it's just, and, and that's what, you know, inspires all this, too, is because there's just these constant questions of, why would it happen? Why would all these things happen? Why would there be such an audience? Why would there be so many people in in these online groups I think that one of the the most freeing experiences that I had was after I had done an episode with Shannon over on End of the Fray, um, some people commented on the episode and I got some messages. 
okay, we're talking about people from different countries, okay? Sitting there going, you're not alone. I've had the exact same experience. That was like the biggest thing for me. So oh, yeah. how can it be fake? Well, it's like our shadow figures. Right. Oh. Couple, couple hundred miles away. You're going to go to bed away. soon, man. <laughs> You're going to bring that up? <laughs> oh, boy, Maybe, guys. Uh, you know, uh, a couple hundred miles away, mm-hmm. different years, we're yeah. both, we both experienced the same thing. Neither one of us tell the other at first. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the, it start, the conversation starts. I don't even remember how we brought it up. But we had almost the exact same experience. It was just in a different place. And I'm telling you guys, seriously, not just did my sister and I have the same experience living, you know, four hours away. But we're talking, this is not something that we talk about. Okay, this was a very difficult situation for us to deal with. For me, it's caused me a lot of loss of sleep. Um, this isn't something like our our children are into the paranormal and stuff, you know. I mean, I've uploaded Instagram pictures of like scary stories to tell in the dark or Ripley's believe it or not, you know, supernatural alien whatever, you know. But I don't share my personal scary stories like that just because it's so real and I don't want them to think about it and become afraid or anything like that. But I'm telling you, here we never said anything, right? Mm -hmm. And yet one of my daughters said to me, you know, she's like, Mommy, I saw something at the end of your bed over in the corner and I was like, well, what'd you see? You know, and she described it exactly. We're talking like a shadow being, a cloaked figure, like the Nazgul from Lord of the Rings, okay? Yes. Oh, my goodness. That's a, a great description. <laughs> right? Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. And I cannot tell you the sickness that I felt in the pit of my stomach hearing my child say this, okay? And she was only about five years old. Okay. And I just wanted to forget it. I just wanted to sit there and go, this is not happening. This is not real. And then you, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. come to me months later talking about your stepson seeing the same thing in his room. Oh yeah. And I, and I, and I tried, I tried to discount what he said because I was like, well, you know, sometimes the light causes shadows to appear and they look like one thing and he every time I made a reasonable suggestion he shot me down with perfect logic no there was no light here it was this it was that I you know exactly and and he had almost the exact same experience I did Uh uh-huh and oh and it scared him for what weeks he wasn't able to go to bed yeah it, it upset him for some time yeah See, and, and that's just. I mean, and so I told him about my experience because I don't want to turn around and tell him, you know, oh, you're just imagining it. I'm not going to downplay that when I've had the same experience. That would be exactly completely immoral of me. I have to say that I in agree my opinion. with that because, and that is one thing that I have taught my kids because when I was younger, you go out and you tell your parents, hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm experiencing. And then you're told that you have either an overactive imagination or, mm-hmm. oh, that stuff isn't real. And I'm telling you, that destroys a kid's confidence and security. I I felt so confused and I felt so scared and alone that I just, I, I mean... I had nowhere to turn and I, and I just, I don't think that it's right to tell children that stuff like that doesn't exist when it clearly does, you know? Um, yeah. So, I mean. Especially it, when it's coming from a parent who they themselves have mm-hmm. experienced something. Well, you know, exactly. Our mother has even 
experienced um, psychic-like dreams. She dreamed of fire for a week straight. She had no idea why. Then she got a call up. A friend's house had burned down. Wow. You know, so she won't discount things like that because her own experiences have made her a believer. Right. Yeah, I don't think that I really knew about that story. So maybe, I don't know, because we're always going back and forth wondering why we experience the things that we do. And we've often wondered if maybe as if it isn't something that was handed down through like um, the maternal line or something. And with knowing what you just said now, um, it would make me lean more towards the fact that that would be the case. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing too, is there are so many tools out there that you can use to help yourself you know, whether you're burning sage or you're listening to high vibrational music. And, you know, in the last episode, I kind of talked about that a bit. And at the end, I I said the, um, the Aramaic prayer that um, I usually use when I'm doing a house cleansing. So, um, you know, it, it makes you feel really good and empowered and safe when you know that you can, you know, treat the situation. Right. You know, coming back around um, from childhood experiences, um, I'm bringing it back full circle to our werewolves and vampires. A friend Mm -hmm. of mine told me about a werewolf sighting she herself had in Miami, of all places. Wow. And her and her sister both saw it. Uh, They looked out their window. And because mm-hmm. they were in a, an apartment several stories up and mm-hmm. in one of the yards below where they were, there was what she described as a werewolf and his hand was on a clothesline and he was howling and they ran to get their mother. But by the time they brought her back, uh, the werewolf was gone. Oh, man. And mm. it just seems so fantastical, you know? Right. But I looked into it just a little bit out of curiosity, mm-hmm. and there are several sightings online of werewolves in Miami. Wow. Dude, you know. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think about Miami being you know, <laughs> werewolf, werewolf central. Spot, <laughs> <laughs> you know? But right. apparently, you know, on sides of roads and different things, this is the thing. This is something that really has been spotted by many different people. Man, you know, it reminds me of uh, Linda Godfrey, her book, uh, Monsters Among Us. And there are some crazy stories, man, of like eyewitness accounts that were reported about people actually seeing physical looking werewolves like there was even one story about this little girl that actually saw a man transform before her eyes okay i don't even know what i I don't even know what i would do even with all these experiences that we've had i think that i'd be scarred for life if i saw something like that because i mean you know but the the weird part about it though and i mean I was having a conversation with somebody and they were kind of telling me their impression or intuition about my past lives and stuff. And so it kind of makes sense what I'm about to say compared to what they said. But um, there's that part of me that's always been drawn to the darkness. You know, that's why I'm a night person. That's why I like vampires and these scary tales, you know. If I saw somebody actually transform, though, as much as I would be terrified, I have to say that I'd be so curious. I'd want to know more. I'd want to, like, somehow, if you could know that person when they're human, you know, and and take that step. Oh, my God. I think I'd do it. <laughs> I, I think, I think, I I think more than wanting to become one myself, I would like to set up somehow a safe place mm. to watch someone else 
You know, okay. someone comes to you and says, hey, this is what actually happens to me. Um, you know, and set a, a safe place and witness it myself. But I don't know how you would proof against a werewolf. How, how do you know what's werewolf proof? You know what's shark proof. Right. You know what's bear proof. But what is werewolf proof? What is vampire oh. proof? Right. Vampires well, not in just some lore can turn into mist. Oh, yeah, huh? Yeah, oh yeah. I, I mean, how do you proof against that without dying? Because there has mm-hmm. to be some kind of error. Well, and, and then get this too, though. Like, even if they have to remain in their physical form, let's say you shackle this dude up and he is totally like, you think you're good to go, right? And so he transforms mm-hmm. or whatever. It doesn't mean that he can't sit there and do some kind of mind trick and yes. get you to unshackle him, you know, or just lay down and Especially... be like, all right. I'm your supper. <laughs> Especially with the vampire. With oh. werewolves, you have to worry more about the brute strength. But with mm-hmm. vampires, there's a, a much more psychic issue going on there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And on that note, how do we know that vampires aren't walking among us, mm. but they're making people forget? Or they're Jeez. using glamours to live in yeah. plain sight and using pop culture and the obsession with their kind you know, to be blatantly right in front of us. That brings me, that, that reminds me of something when you're talking about like invisibility. I think mm-hmm. that there is a way... And I'm not talking about invisibility. Like, invisibility can come in different forms. Sure, there's the trying to actually be see-through type of a thing. But there's this whole mind fog to where you can do something Mm -hmm. psychically to somebody's mind to where they just don't even register that you exist, rendering you completely invisible. I can give you physical evidence of that, actually. There's a video on YouTube, and I forgot the name. Mm-hmm. But you watch the video, and you watch these people, they're dancing or doing something on stage. Uh-huh. And then it goes back, and it flat out tells you, I bet you didn't even see the monkey walking across the stage. Oh, And then you okay. go back and watch it, and there's this guy in a monkey scoot suit just no strolling way. across the stage. Really? And most people don't even see him because of the way our brains work and the way it processes information, it will often deem certain information as irrelevant. Right. Which is why we can tune out certain sounds. Oh, man. Oh, man. So Have you ever, you know, put, put on an audio book or some music and then go about your business? Mm-hmm. Could you tell me? Could you tell me for sure what the last song was played or what just happened in that audio book? Oh, man. A lot of times you couldn't. No, that's That's, true. You know. Man, you know. And there's no reason that if, for instance, these vampires were real, Mm -hmm. that they couldn't find ways if they on another level to completely work within the realms of the physics we know to disguise themselves. No, exactly. You know, it's crazy because it adds this this next layer on it to where mm-hmm. the psychic vampire, not only can he tap into your energy and siphon it for his own, but he can make himself invisible to you mind-wise too, mm-hmm. making him even more powerful. Man, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's crazy to think about the psychic vampire in this way of having such a mind power to then also be able to have that invisibility to just cause you to not notice him or forget him or whatever, you know? Exactly. And before anybody points out that, Oh, that's, you know, ridiculous. Again, I point to the YouTube video. I point, I mentioned, think about everyday life. If you know 
how people perceive things, mm-hmm. it's very easy to pull a little sleight of hand, a la David Copperfield and Harry Houdini. <laughs> yes, exactly. To get over on someone without them realizing. It's not hard. You yeah, just have crazy. to know how a person's mind works. Mm-hmm. You can oh, very no. well work within the, within the realm of physics and what we know right now to make that happen. Right. Which is why I think vampires are much more realistic than werewolves, even though my heart mm-hmm. still lies, lies with werewolves. <laughs> my my interest, that is what I love. I love... But I've always loved myths and lore, mm-hmm. you know. No, Sometimes I agree. Over reality. There is, uh, there's, that's my, it's definitely my home as well with the folklore and legends. And if that could be my realistic world, I would never turn back. <laughs> I would definitely <laughs> walk down that path and be like, see you guys. I definitely belong over here. And, uh, you know. Like I said, though, who's to to say, man? I mean, sure, there's like this realistic side to vampires, but there are so many layers to this world. You know, and again, I'm going to reference Linda Godfrey's book um, with there was another story in there talking about how there was these gigantic wolf prints, I believe, and they just vanish. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is like snow. And there's just, it just goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. Like, it just vanishes. So who's to say that there aren't these portals or ways of traveling Mm -hmm. between here and whatever lies beyond? I mean... Oh, yeah. You know, and you have to... Some That's the point where it can branch off to things like quantum physics or just straight up woo-woo or whatever. Yeah. Yes. The thing is, is we are constantly making scientific discoveries. Right. So how are we to say, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Mm -hmm. that there are not some rules of physics that we haven't discovered yet? Right. We can breathe air. So we can walk on land. Mm -hmm. But a fish cannot. It has to live in the ocean. So to a fish, the land, you know, is unattainable. Even if it had human intelligence, it's unattainable. That's true. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. So it would be beyond a fish's capabilities. Right. But it's perfectly natural to us. Yeah. Yeah. It would have to figure out a way to, um, what is it? Adapt or change, which, I mean, that's an oversimplified. Right. And so who's to say though, that we can't also figure out a way to morph, change, whatever, to where we can see beyond. A beta, a, a fish that I can guarantee probably most of your listeners have had one in their lifetime or maybe I their friend not has. had one ma'am <laughs> <laughs> i said almost half your listeners i didn't say anything about you <laughs> beta is capable of breathing air mm-hmm. for a limited amount of time in fact i had one that jumped out of his bowl and i thought he was dead oh, he felt dry but I picked him up, and he started thrashing around, oh, freaking wow. me out. <laughs> but I managed to get him back into the bowl. Jeez. But any other fish would have died. Right. So following into that, that same ideal, that, or idea that I was constructing, mm-hmm. the, the fish has found a way to, in a way, transcend that limitation. Right. If, albeit in the limited facil- uh, faculty, facility, mm-hmm. whatever the word is I'm looking for. <laughs> in, a, in a limited way, he's able to transcend, you know, his own 
rules. Right. Man, that'd be cool. So, we need to know, learn how to do that. What hubris <laughs> is that in us to think that we're not just fish in a different pond? Right. Man. So many, so many thoughts, so many what ifs and so many <laughs> possibilities. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm. I well, think those higher about. thoughts need to be left for another episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> And probably sure. with more learned people than I. <laughs> yeah, I need to brush up on, on my stuff too and uh and and keep walking down this path and and discovering more and and uh yeah, we'll definitely keep adventuring. So As we all should. Yes, that's for sure. Well, I think it's about that time. And I can't thank you enough for coming on. It has been absolutely fantastic. This has definitely been a very fun episode for me to do. So thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm here anytime. <laughs> <laughs>